There are various ways of mending a broken heart, but perhaps going to a learned conference is one of the more unusual. When Dulcie Mainwaring realised that her fiancé did not want to marry her after all, or that he was not worthy of her love, as he put it, she endured several months of quiet misery before she felt able to rouse herself from this state. When the notice of the conference came, it seemed to be just the kind of thing that was recommended for women in her position, an opportunity to meet new people and to amuse herself by observing the lives of others, even if only for a weekend and under somewhat unusual circumstances. For what could be more peculiar than a crowd of grown-up people, most of them middle-aged or even elderly, collected together in a girls' boarding school in Derbyshire for the purpose of discussing scholarly niceties that meant nothing to most of the world. Even the rooms, fortunately they were not to be crowded into dormitories, seemed unnatural, with their twin iron bedsteads and the prospect of strange companions at such close quarters. Dulcie began to speculate on who hers would be, and looked forward to her entry, for surely the roommate would be female? With some apprehension. But at least it would be interesting, she told herself bravely, to share a room with a stranger, and when she heard footsteps coming along the corridor, she braced herself and wondered what they would say to each other when the door opened. But the footsteps went past and stopped a little further on. Then, looking again at the second bed, she noticed that it seemed suspiciously flat, and when she lifted the cover, she saw that it was not made up. She was at once relieved and disappointed. When she had plucked up enough courage, she would go and see who was in the room next door. It had been a mistake to come. Viola Dace realised that now, as she looked round the little cell-like room in dismay, which approached panic when she saw that there was a second bed, covered like her own with a white honeycomb quilt. So she might have to share this miserable room with an unknown person. The idea was insupportable. Cautiously, she lifted a corner of the quilt to see if the bed was made up. To her relief, it was not, for underneath were only a pillow in a striped ticking cover and a pile of grey blankets. At least, then, she was to have the room to herself, and it might just be possible to endure it for three nights. She lit a cigarette and leaned out of the window. There was a fine display of dahlias in a border below her. Apples and pears hung heavily on the trees, and in the distance moors stretched away to the hills, and what was apparently the world outside, and freedom. There was a light tap on the door, and Viola turned round, startled, saying, Come in, rather sharply. She saw a rather tall woman in her early thirties, with a pleasant face and fair hair, standing on the threshold. She wore a tweed suit and brogued shoes, which looked too heavy for her thin legs. Already halfway to being a dim English spinster, Viola thought, conscious of herself, 
making a contrast in her black dress with her pale, rather haggard face and untidy dark hair. I'm Dulcie Mainwaring, said the fair-haired woman. My room seems to be next to yours. I wondered if we might go down to dinner together. If you like, said Viola rather ungraciously. My name's Viola Dace, by the way. What does one do, and where? I suppose nobody really knows, said Dulcie. It might be like the first night on board ship, when nobody changes for dinner. I believe it's the first time a conference of this sort has been held here. I know they have religious bodies, and writers too, I believe. I suppose we're writers, in a way. Yes, we might call ourselves that. Viola had taken out her lipstick and was applying it almost savagely, as if she were determined to make herself look as unlike somebody who worked on the dustier fringes of the academic world as possible.